Well, hey, we are in week six of our series, Courageous Faith. And we are reminded that in Romans 15, 4, the Bible says this, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And so today, whenever we come to Joshua chapter 9 and 10, this is written to teach you. This is written to encourage you. This is written to give us hope today. I love whenever my kids ask me to, to help with things around the house. Particularly yesterday, my, my daughter, she's uh, four, she had uh, one of these little bottles or cans of soda water. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, I, I can't open it. Daddy, can you help me with this? And I say, well, I, I can, but I, I want to see you. You try it first, Elsa. Let me see if you can open it. She tries, and she's like, oh, Daddy, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I say, oh, let Daddy try. So I throw my shoulders back and I'm like, Elsie, hey, baby girl, I want you to watch this. See what daddy did right there? Not too big for daddy. I love helping my kids. I love showing myself strong on their behalf. And I remind them that there are a few things in this world that you can be sure of. Number one, the tithe goes to the Lord. The tax man comes and there is a, such a thing as dad tax. And so I take a drink and hand it to my little girl. But... Uh, but I love when they ask me to help with challenges that they can't figure out when something's beyond their ability, when there's something that they're like, Daddy, I'm just not strong enough. My daughter one time had this jewelry box that the neighbors gave her, and uh, their daughter had outgrown it. And so Elsie's like, Daddy, I can't get this locket open. Daddy, can you help me get into this jewelry box? And I'm like, well, let me see you try first. And she, she couldn't do it. And so I tried. I'm like pressing on it. I'm trying to get the thing open. And, I, and I'm like, oh, boy, like, Daddy's not going to be outdone. So I'm like, let me... Let me just come back. Else, I'm going to go to the garage real quick. I get a hammer, and I hammer that bad boy. The box never looked the same, but she knows that if she comes to Daddy for help, Daddy's going to come through for her. And I think whenever we come to Joshua chapter 9 and chapter 10, the Lord's reminding us that he is strong, that he has ability that we do not comprehend. And as our loving Heavenly Father, when we come to him with our need, when we come to him with our requests, that he is able to help us in ways that we cannot even begin to comprehend. And I don't know what you need today from the Lord. But I want you to begin to think about that. Maybe it's a family need. Maybe it's a need in your career. Maybe it's a need in light of our economy, in the midst of health, in the midst of your ministry, in the midst of what the world has labeled a global pandemic. Whatever that is, I want you to get that need into your mind right now. Because in a moment, we're going to ask God, our Heavenly Father, to help us with some things that we can't even begin to comprehend. We acknowledge it's beyond our ability, but your Heavenly Father is more than able. I believe that for every single follower of Jesus, the kind of supernatural move of God that he desires to do in our life is similar to what we see in Joshua chapter 10, verses 7 through 14. So I'm going to read it to you. We're going to fill in some context later. So if it's, you're like, I'm not sure what's going on right now in this narrative, we're going to circle back on that and then give you some application for your life this day. But again, just to double down on this, before we read the passage, on this day that the President of the United States have, has decreed a national day of prayer, I want to invite you to engage your heart, engage your mind, engage your spirit to get that need, the objective, the big goal in your mind that God is calling you to reach, to believe for. And maybe that seems impossible to you right now, but God specializes in such scenarios. I, I believe 
that uh, Jesus saved us, not just to survive in this world, but to actually change the world, to make an impact in this world. And there's no better time than this for you, his church, to rise up and to show a fearful world what it looks like to follow a very faithful father, a very faithful God. Here's our main text for today. Joshua 10, 7 through 14, reads this. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all of the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Before we move forward, I want to point out something here. It's interesting to me that God talks about the battles that Joshua is currently facing as if they're in the past tense. He says, Joshua, I have given them into your hands. But from Joshua's perspective, the battle hasn't even begun yet. I want you to know that you serve the God who speaks about the battles that you are presently fighting as though they are in past tense. Because from his vantage point, they're already won because of the victory that's available to each one of us in Jesus. In, chapter, in verse 9, it says this, After all, an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel who defeated them with a great victory at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up from Beth Horam and cut them down on the way to Azekah and Makeda. Verse 11, as they fled before Israel, the road down to Beth Horam to Azekah, check this out, the Lord hurled huge hailstones down on them from the sky. More of them died from hailstones than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Check this out. I say that to say this. God is able to do more in a moment of divine intervention than you and I can do in a lifetime of striving. In that situation that you're trying to figure out, in that situation that you're trying to look at from all these different angles, I'm just saying the Lord's able to bring about a victory in a moment's notice of divine intervention than you and I can in a lifetime of striving and trying to figure it out our own way. So before we get to our key verse today, if you're taking notes, here's the first fill in the blank. People of courageous faith make big ask of God. People of courageous faith, we make big ask of God. In Jeremiah 32, 27, this is the Lord speaking. He says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Now that need that you got in your mind at the beginning of this message, that need that maybe seems overwhelming to you, just like my daughter, it's, she's not strong enough to open it. What, what's the need that you have in your life? Would you acknowledge, God, I'm just not strong enough to figure this out. Whatever that need is, here's my question for you, and here's what the Lord would say. I am the Lord, the God of man, all mankind. Is that need too hard for him to figure out? People of courageous faith. Make big ask of God because they know God is big and he delights in helping his kids. Verse 12, here it is. The verse that really sums up the way I want to live my life. The prayer that, that I believe is the kind of miracle that God wants to do in the life of this church, in the, your life personally, in the life of, of every follower of Jesus around the globe, that we would know this as a firsthand experience, a living reality. Joshua 10, 12 reads this. On that day, the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. 
Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of all Israel, here it is, O sun, stand still over Gibeon, O moon, over the valley of Ejelon. Only 13 words, but they have cosmic consequences. Not a very long prayer, but watch how God responds in response to this one prayer of one man with courageous faith. Verse 13, so the sun stood still. The moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jeshur, the sun stopped in the middle of the day and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man. Check this out. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. And as I read that sentiment in verse 14, I know the sun has never physically stood still like that before. I know a miracle like that hasn't taken place since. But I believe the same God who made the sun stand still, the same God who has the capability and the capacity to raise his son up from the dead, longs to show himself strong on your behalf, on the behalf of every man, woman, boy, girl, who will boldly come to him and believe for the impossible so that God might receive honor and glory through your life. I believe he's still in the miracle working business. I believe that. I'm fired up for that. I believe that that's the kind of life I want to live where there'd be no other logical explanation other than people would be able to say, God must be fighting for Perkins because when they size up our circumstance, when they size up our situation, there's no other explanation. I believe God can do that in your heart, in your life, in your situation today. I guess I'm a little fired up about this because I've seen God do that in the lives of his people uh, before I was a pastor here in San Jose, California, I was a pastor in Las Vegas, Nevada. There was this girl, she was an intern with us. She helped on the production team, actually, on the video behind the camera that you're able to watch right now. Her name was Amanda. Her mom's name was Deb. And Amanda got word about her mom who had overdosed after a meth binge. She got a call on Sunday at church and said, said you got to come to the hospital. Your mom's uh, not looking too good. Sunday night, Amanda and her family, they call me and they say, hey, Pastor Tim, we, we want to know if you'll be able to come and pray for my mom. It's not looking like she's going to make it through the night. And I'm, I'm tired at this point. I'm physically drained, emotionally drained, spiritually drained. And I'm like, I got to go. We go. I, I go to the hospital and I check in with the nurse's station first. And I say, hey, doc, here's the deal. I'm a pastor and, and I know this family. I know there's been an overdose. Help me understand what's going on with Debbie. And he says, you know what, I can't tell you a whole lot, but I would say this, I'd be surprised if she makes it another 24 hours. Make sure you comfort the family. So I go into this room where Debbie is. They have her on ice packs in effort to shock her body out of this, this, this overdose, this comatose state that she's currently in. I wish I could say I walked in there with full of faith. I was believing God for a breakthrough, but I was just more thinking of how I could comfort the family in this moment. I share some scripture and I say, hey, we're going we're gonna to gather around Debbie and we're going to lay hands and we're going to pray for her. And, I, and again, I wish I could say I was full of faith. But God did a miracle despite my lack of faith, despite my posture in this moment. And we pray. 
And I would say this, 24 hours later, Debbie did not die, but Debbie walked out of that hospital because God raised her up. God is still in the miracle working business. And you know what didn't hit me until this week? What I think the biggest sun standstill moment in all of that was, wasn't that, that, that God spared Debbie's life from an overdose, although that is a very real, very big divine intervention moment where the sun stood still over her life. But what I realized this week, and I didn't reflect on it until now when I was preparing this message for you, that I think the biggest sun standstill moment in all of that is that 19 years prior, Debbie would have been calling me before the overdose to get some dope. But now 19 years later, the family's calling me to call on the power of God to raise up their mom who's experienced an overdose. I say that to say God doesn't, is not interested in, in behavior modification. Christianity is not about behavior modification. Christianity is about dead people coming alive in the power of God. The resurrection power of Christ is alive in you. It's alive in me. It's alive in the church. And we need to rise up in power because because he has more for you in this season. And Jolie Cooper, I wish you were in the room because you'd be shouting down right now and I'd be fired up even more. I want to spend the remainder of our time together today making this very personal for you. I hope you'll join us next week because I'm sure many of you even now are raising some objections in your mind of why this can't be true for you. I mean, we believe these things for for a guy like Joshua, I mean, he was Moses' apprentice. Uh, I mean, maybe this can be true for a pastor. Maybe God works in the lives of people like that. But, but maybe right now you're saying, I don't know that God can work in my life like that. Well, I hope you'll tune in next week because I want to talk about some of those objections. But let me say this, what I've learned about God is that if the size of the need that you have in your life seems too big for you, it's just the right size for God. So if you're in a situation today where you say the only way this can happen, the only way I see a way out is if God steps in, let me just tell you, you're in God's wheelhouse. People of courageous faith, the next fill in the blank, people of courageous faith, here's what they do. They consult God on everything. They consult God on everything. Psalm 37, 23, I love this passage, one of my favorites. You might highlight it, you might memorize it, you might write it down. Psalms 37, 23 says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Everything that's happened in your life this week, it's been directed by the Lord. He still directs the steps of the godly. Here, here it is, check this out. He delights in every detail of their lives. God delights in every detail of your life. Men and women of courageous faith, they talk to God, they consult God on everything. Let me set up Joshua chapter 10 a little more for you. So when we come to Joshua chapter 9, uh, I would love for you to read these two chapters, by the way. I'm not going to be able to fill in all the details. But in Joshua chapter 9, Joshua's tricked. He's deceived. At this point, the nation of Israel have conquered Jericho. They have conquered Ai. And now this nation called the Gibeonites, they come to Joshua and they trick him. They come with moldy bread. They, they, they say, hey, Joshua, this bread was fresh when it came out of the oven. Joshua, this wineskin that we have, we just pressed it whenever we left our country. But now it's old. Now this bread is moldy. And God, Josh, we've traveled a long way to get to you. And we, just, we would just ask, we'd recognize God, would you make a treaty with us? And here's what it says in Joshua chapter 9, verse 14. 
So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. I would just say to you this week, in light of everything going on, let's be people that consult the Lord on everything. Let's not just look at circumstances. Let's not just look at situations with our physical eyes and make decisions. Let's say, God, here's what we see, but God, we know you're a God who sees what we do not see. Where are you working? Where are you moving? How do we stay in step with you, God? The Israelites, they, they, they looked at things with their physical eyes, but they failed to consult the Lord. And in doing so, they make a big mistake. They make a treaty with these people who are actually their neighbors. And so rather than conquering their land, they're now in cahoots with them. They're now in partnership Together, The Israelites examined the food, but they failed to consult the Lord. And that leads me to our second point. People of courageous faith know God can turn mistakes into miracles. We serve the God who's able to turn mistakes into miracles. Joshua makes a big mistake. But people of courageous faith know that God can turn mistakes into miracles. Isn't it nice to know that God doesn't just redeem our lives but he also redeems our experiences, even the ones that we regret. In Joshua 10, verse 5 and 6, it reads this. Then five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, Eglon, joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took position against Gibeon and attacked it. Verse 6, the Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal, do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us, help us, because the Amorite kings in the hill country have joined forces against us. This group of people that deceived Joshua are now asking for Joshua's help. And God is going to turn Joshua's mistake into a miracle. Have you ever made a decision based on physical realities rather than spiritual principles that you would later regret? Have you ever needed God to get you out of a situation that you got yourself into? I mean, God, I racked up all this debt. It was really fun doing it, but, but now I need you to help me unpack all this debt that I've been carrying. God, I, I'm, I'm married to, no, no, don't, don't look at them right now. Just keep looking at the screen. We'll, we'll get through this together. Uh, but, but God, I made this treaty, I made this promise, I made this covenant, and now, God, things aren't going the way that I thought they would, but I need you to step in and help me bless my marriage. God, I pursued money a long time, and I've acquired a lot of wealth, but God, now I'm realizing that money cannot bring meaning, but God, I need you to come into my life in power and in an unbelievable way, and our list goes on and on and on. But if you've ever gotten yourself into a situation that you need God to get you out of, then you can relate to Joshua because our God can turn our mistakes into miracles. I don't know about you, but I'm super grateful for that reality. So now Joshua is fighting an enemy with the people that tricked him. And now he, you just kind of have to read Joshua 9 and 10 to get all the details, but it's fascinating. And essentially, Joshua, even though he's outnumbered, he sees God show up in a big way. Just as he's about to finish off his adversaries, just as he's about to, to finish off the victory, the sun starts sinking. And as the sun's going down, the enemy is starting to get away. 
But Joshua remembers the promises of God, that none of his enemies would be able to stand against him, that wherever he steps his foot, that would be the land that the Lord gives him. And so Joshua, in what I'm sure had to be a a moment of desperation, he prays something that he's never prayed before. He's in a situation he's never experienced before. And he really doesn't have much of a choice. And so in Joshua 10, 12, on that day, the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua said, in the presence of all Israel. And I'm just going to pause there and say I love that. Because if it's you, if it's me, like I'll probably, I'll pray the prayer, but I'm, I'll probably pray it under my breath. You know what I mean? Like, because if God, God doesn't come through, then I'm like, well, no one knows. If he does come through, like, I'll fill out the praise report. It'll be awesome. But, but Joshua prays in the presence of all Israel. If God doesn't show up, everyone's going to think, Joshua, you've lost your mind because here's what he says. Oh, sun, stand still over Gibeon. Who does that? And you moon over the valley of Ejelon. Never happened before. But here's our next point. Here's the next principle. People of courageous faith know God is not insulted by big request. God is not insulted by your big request. Here's what I love about this miracle. We know scientifically that this isn't even the correct thing to ask God to do. Like the earth revolves around the sun. He didn't even get the prayer right. But according to what he understood about God and the world around him, Joshua makes a big request. The fact is that God loves it when we make big requests of him. He's not insulted by your big request. Some might be able to argue he's actually insulted by your small request. Your big request does not intimidate God. Mark Batterson in his book, The Circle Maker, it's a great book. If you haven't read it, it's worth checking out. Great book on prayer. Here's what Mark says in his book, The Circle Maker. Bold prayers honor God. And God honors bold prayers. God isn't uh, offended by your biggest dreams or your boldest prayers. He's offended by anything less. If your prayers are impossible to you, they're insulting to God. He goes on to say prayers are prophecies. They are the best predictors of your spiritual future. Who you become is determined by how you pray. Ultimately, the transcripts of your prayers become the script of your life, end quote. So my question to you, my question to me is, what have we been praying for? Sometimes I ask myself this question, Tim, if God answered every request you made of him in conversation today, what would change in the world? And I'm wondering if you'll finally be bold enough today to allow that need in your heart, that need in your life to surface And ask God to do what only he can do because he is strong and he desires to show his kids his strength. Listen, here's what I often ask myself as well, and I want to just position it to you today. If the size of the vision for your life is not intimidating to you, there's a good chance it's insulting to God. And here's why. This is important. Here's why we need to take note of what we're asking God for and believing God for. Listen to me, church. What you ask God for is a direct reflection of what you believe about his capability, his capacity, his character, and his nature. So I'm wondering, what is the sun standstill prayer that you need to begin praying today? One courageous faith prayer 
13 words affects the cosmos. Now we can't abuse this, obviously. We just can't walk, march around asking God to make the sun and the stars and the moon do what we want them to do. But in 1 John 5, 14 through 15, it says this. This is the confidence. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. not like we can run around telling the moon and the stars to do what we want. However, I am, as I was working on this message this week, I just felt like for some of you engaging with this message right here, right now, online, that this word from the Lord comes to you to stir up hope and belief again. Because at one time, you believed God was able to do the impossible. At one time, you believed you were going to do great things for him. At one time, you, you were going to be generous. At one time, you were going to, to raise your family to make a difference, to be world changers for the kingdom. At one time, you believed that God was going to use you to bring about spiritual awakening at your business. At one time, you were called to be a missionary. At one time, you were called to be a pastor. At one time, you believed that that place of your employment was more than just to bring a paycheck, but you were strategically positioned there to make a difference for the kingdom of God. But some of us have settled into spiritual survival mode, and the sun is going down, and the opportunities are starting to get away. But God sent this word to tell us today that he's still able to make the sun stand still. He's still able to restore what you thought was destroyed. He's big enough to redeem your life. He's big enough to redeem your experiences. He's big enough to redeem your greatest regrets. But I want to highlight something else here for us. Not only does God delight in Joshua's big request and as a result display his like galactic DVR, he does really big things. But notice this as well, that although God gave Joshua victory, Joshua still has to fight the battle. Here's our final observation. People of courageous faith, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. God answers Joshua's prayer. It's a miracle. But listen, just because God does a jaw-dropping miracle, Joshua still has to fight the battle, and so will you. The enemy is on the run. The sun is going down. And in Joshua 10, 19, we read this. Joshua says, but don't stop. Don't stop. Pursue your enemies. Attack them from the rear. Don't let them get away to reach their cities, for the Lord has given them into your hands. God can break your addiction. God can restore that relationship. And he can bring hope in the midst of hopeless situations. He's the God who does big things. But there's practicality to this too. Check this out. The Bible says that, that, that not only did, did Joshua pray this sun stand still prayer and the sun actually stood still, hailstones really did fall from heaven, but Joshua has to be willing to march all night. Mark this. Listen to this. Hear me on this. If we're going to be a church that prays sun stand still kind of prayers, then we also need to be a church that's willing to march all night. Don't stop. Not so that we can earn God's love or his grace, we can never earn those things. Not so we can earn God's favor, we can never earn those things. But God always involves your faith and your works before he brings a supernatural victory into your life, into your situation. It's simply the way he has chosen to do it. 
We see this pattern over and over again in the book of Joshua. We see this pattern over and over again in the Bible. We see this pattern over and over again in the lives of every man, woman, boy, and girl who's ever chosen to walk in courageous faith. Here's the pattern. There's a promise, there's supernatural intervention, and there's a battle that still has to be fought. Did God promise Joshua victory over his enemies? Yes. Does God help in supernatural ways? Yes. Hailstones, the sun and the moon stand still. Are you kidding me? Supernatural intervention. But did Joshua still have to keep fighting? Yes. Don't stop. Don't stop. For you, has God given you any promises to hang on to? A word in the midst of a challenging time? Yes. He's given us very great and precious promises. Have you seen God work in your life in ways that are not explainable by physical realities? Yes, God has intervened time and time again in supernatural ways in your life, in mine. We could fill the chat online with ways God has come through. We could line up for hours with ways God has shown himself strong. But is there still a battle to fight? Yes, don't stop, don't stop. If it were easy, it would not be called a battle. Don't you stop. Don't stop. For those of you battling addictions, don't stop showing up for recovery in the midst of this season. Keep calling your sponsor. Keep on pressing in. Don't you stop. If you have to white knuckle it, you just white knuckle it. Don't stop. For those of you fighting for your marriage, don't stop. Sure, things haven't gone as you planned. Sure, the reality and your expectations, there's a disconnect. But don't you stop. Don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary situation. Don't stop. What if you started treating your spouse the way you did the first six months you were together? Maybe some of those feelings would return. Don't stop. Some of you have been praying consistently for the salvation of your, your family, your kids, your parents, your spouse, your coworkers. Don't stop. I see your prayer requests. We're praying with you. We're believing God. Maybe this is the moment. Maybe this is the season where God's going to show up. Don't you stop pressing in. Don't you stop praying. God's going to break through. Some of you have been serving and you're tired. Don't stop. Don't grow weary in doing good. Because at the proper time, you will reap the harvest if you don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Stay faithful. Stay generous. Stay confident. Stay bold. Stay courageous. Stay loyal. Stay loving. Stay committed. Stay steadfast. Stay resolute. Stay focused. Stay humble. Stay grateful. Stay consistent. Stay in awe of God because we serve this God who's made some very great and precious promises. Stay in awe of God because he showed up in your life in supernatural ways in the past and he's going to show up in your life in supernatural ways in the future. Stay in awe of God. Be resolute in battle for the Lord is a warrior. He's fighting for you. He's fighting with you, but there's still ground to take. Don't stop. Don't stop. We are a people who pray bold, sun stand still, audacious, jaw-dropping prayers because we serve the God of the universe and he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, immeasurably more than we could ever ask, dream, or imagine. But we also have to be willing to march all night. We will not stop. Let's pray. God, we thank you 
for your word. I pray, God, that you would help us in this season to be people of courageous faith that make big ask of you, God. I pray, God, that we'd be people that consult you on everything, that we would know, God, that you can turn mistakes into miracles. God, that we wouldn't insult you with small requests or tame vision, but God, we would make big requests of you. God, I pray you would give us strength that we would not stop. Help us, God, as your church to rise up in courageous faith in this season. And we're going to give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, right there where you are, maybe you're in a living room, maybe you're in a car, maybe you're, you're someplace else watching this, tuning in, engaging with this message. I want to invite you to, to join with us in prayer. That request that you made that came to your mind at the beginning of this message, we're going to ask God for some big sun stand still things right now. But first, what I want to invite you to do is just to begin to give him thanks. Give him thanks for what he's done in your life. The psalmist said we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. So before we ask for big things of him, let's remember how big he is, how he's shown up in a big way in your past, and he will show up in a big way in your future. Right now, wherever you are, you just begin to thank God for what he's done in your life. And then we're going to pray for some big sun stand still prayers. For some of you, maybe you're wondering where God is in your life. The psalmist says that God inhabits the praises of his people. So maybe you've been looking for God, but I would just invite you to worship him and God will come looking for you. God will show up in your situation. He'll make his presence known. So let's do that together right now. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, God, that you're the creator of the universe, that you knit us together. Before we even knew what was happening, God, you, you strategically placed us in time and space right here, right now for such a moment as this. We're not here by mistake. You have set us up for this, God. You knew before the foundation of the world that this day on March 15th, 2020 would be here and the situation and circumstances surrounding us would be this reality. God, you're so big, you're so wise, you're so sovereign. We thank you for who you are. You're a God who, who created the moon and the stars and set them in place, but yet you're a God who delights in the details of our lives. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your spirit that leads us and guides us. We thank you, God, that you invite us to step into courageous faith in the midst of the unknown, in the midst of the uncertainty. Oh God, would you allow faith to rise in the hearts of your people today, I pray. Now we're gonna shift and pray for that need that you have in your life. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's regarding this world pandemic, fear around the coronavirus, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's a family need, maybe it's a salvation of a loved one. There's no greater sun stand still prayer that you could pray and seeing people you love find and follow Jesus in this season. But whatever your need is, God is able to meet it. He is strong. And he delights in showing himself strong on the behalf of his kids. So right now, wherever you are, you just begin to ask him for whatever that need is. 
you, you, you talk to God, you have conversation with him. Maybe like, like Joshua, you won't even get the prayer right, but that's okay, because God will hear your prayer right. He's big enough, he knows your need, he knows your situation. You call out to him right now. Father, on this national day of prayer in this great country, we call on your name because you are our hope. You are our shield. You are our defender. You are the warrior who fights for us, God. And so, God, you are also a loving father who delights in showing yourself strong to your kids. And so, Father, we come to you today with situations that are beyond our control, situations that are greater than we are. And, God, we pray that you would intervene. Father, I lift up all the families that are in need of restoration. God, would you move in their hearts, in their homes, in their lives, God? Would you, would you allow forgiveness to take root in their homes, God? Would you allow reconciliation to take place there, God? Where words have been shared that have brought destruction, God, would words begin to be shared that bring life and hope and healing? God, we pray for those who are sick in body. Father, I pray that you would restore strength to them today. Even now, God, as they reach out to you, would you reach down to them? And God, would you move in such a powerful, profound way that there'd be no other logical explanation than the God of the universe is fighting for them. Father, would you move? God, we pray for those navigating business decisions in the midst of this uncertainty, in the midst of this economic crisis. God, I pray you would speak to them, Father. I pray, God, that you would give them wisdom from heaven, that, God, there would be no other logical explanation than you, God, are asking them to do specific things that perhaps they never even thought of before. God, would you save people we love? Would you help us, God, your church, to continue moving forward with this mission. We will not stop helping people find and follow you. God, allow us to have courageous words of faith in our conversations with coworkers, with neighbors, spouses, kids, parents. Father, I pray, according to your will, you say you want no one to perish, but everyone to come to faith in you. Would you do it, God, and would you give us faith to fight that bout, to have that conversation, Lord? Rise up within us, I pray, for every other need that's been voiced to you right now. God, show yourself strong, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.